Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope that it blesses you. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, everyone. Um, I just wanted to open with just one line of prayer, and we sang it earlier, and it was just simply, if our God is for us, who can be against us? And I think, am I really loud? You want to crank me down a little bit? I feel intimidating. I look intimidating, right? <laughs> Contain yourself. Because um, uh, uh, genuinely, I think this is a really hard book to wrestle with. It's a really hard book. It's a really hard topic. Um, interestingly, and not by coincidence, because there is no coincidence with our father, um, when Ro prayed for me uh, just before the service, she said that this topic was chosen for you and put upon you before, before you were even born. God's design is so great and so infinite that we don't even, we don't see the detail. And I agree. I mean, he put that on Rose Heart for a reason. It's something that I, I struggle with and I wrestle with. So when Ron asked me if I would be happy to speak uh, during an evening service, I was like, yeah, sure. Who doesn't like dense Hebrew poetry? with a light dusting of suffering across the top. I'd love to. Um, I also thought it was interesting that the last person that talked about God's suffering in this building uh, was Bishop Graham, right? So I'm like, yeah, sure. You can follow Bishop Graham. Ah, fine. And I started thinking about that as well. And I don't know if you're aware. Ron and I have a good relationship. We're friends most of the time. Um, but we support rival football teams. And there's something that Graham and I have in common. And we're, both, we're both Bristol City fans, possibly the, the two most notorious Bristol City fans in London. And I, I was like, why, why are you pushing suffering on these Bristol City fans, Ron? I wasn't sure it was fair. <laughs> I'm not going to bite, John. I'm not going to bite. Um, but yeah, we talked about it before. Um, this is a talk without answers. Please check your expectations at the door. Um, a lot of stuff happens to Job in this book. There's a lot of things that are addressed. God is very present in it. God demonstrates to, to Job his power and how amazing he is. But what he doesn't do is he doesn't answer why good people suffer. My name is Matt. If you don't know me, um, I am blessed to be a father of three, let's go with rumbunctious, energetic young children. Um, uh, a wife, uh, a wife who is is a, a blessing beyond compare, um, and I, I have a, a job that I feel very blessed and very proud to be able to have. I work for a, a Christian charity um, who looks to to lift people out of both physical and spiritual poverty. With each of those areas, some more than others, I come across suffering. And in my work, when I see people, and I see good people who have had everything taken away, I'm like, how's this fair, God? This isn't right. How can I understand that? I can't understand it. I can't. And I still have <laughs> been preparing for this, and I still don't have the answers. <laughs> um, and so just yesterday, these are my three rumbunctious boys. From left to right, Isaac, Noah, and Reuben. Reuben's the one I'm going to focus on a little bit. Um, 
Yesterday we had a, a great day, so I, I've had the blessing of doing some solo parenting this weekend. Woohoo! Uh, my wife's been off on a course, um, uh, and so it was just me and the boys. Now, that's not suffering, that was obviously a blessing. There were moments of suffering. Um, but we went, to, we went to a bike track. The boys love their bikes. Um, on the whole, they're pretty good on their bikes. They still have all of their limbs attached, so I feel like they're, they're good enough. Um, and Ruben's really excited about a place over in Walton, Walton Weybridge. Um, there's, a, there's a pump track. For those of you who are less cool, such as I, a pump track is basically just a hilly thing that you ride around really quickly. Ruben was really excited. He'd had to wait through the morning. We'd done lots of jobs. We'd had to prepare. Well, I was like, doing some good solo parenting, not just sticking him in front of the TV and walking away. Although that was this morning. Um, and, and he was really excited. He was blessed in so many ways. He's got a bike. Hallelujah. He was able to go to the track. We've got a, a, an awesome facility. If you've not been there, and if you've got kids of, of bike riding age, it's completely free. And the first time I went there, I thought, oh, there's going to be loads of cool cyclists, and they're going to have trendy helmets, and I'm not going to fit in. It's a lovely community, and it's really, really nice. So it was a great blessing that we could go and do that. Ruben was healthy. He was able to go and do that. Ruben had a helmet. He had all of these blessings. He was blessed in many ways. He didn't have servants and livestock like Job, but he had a number of blessings that God had bestowed, bestowed upon him. When we got to the bike track, and this is a true story. This actually happened. Um, Ruben's back tire was completely flat. It's completely flat. It was dead. There was nothing going. This wonderful community rallied around. They stood next to me. They helped me try and pump it up. We looked through it. As soon as the air went in, it came out just as quickly. And as Reuben's father, I tried to help him. I tried to, tried to fix it. I tried to make it good. But Reuben, Reuben was angry. He'd done the jobs in the morning. He'd been good. He'd done the things that I'd said he could do so that he could have the nice thing in the afternoon. And yet he wasn't able to have that. Now, I'm not hanging Reuben out to dry here. Reuben's not even six years old yet. Um, but he, we, tried, we tried talking about it. We tried saying, look, we can do it another day. We can go and fix your bike. But still, he was disappointed. Still, he was unhappy. If we go on to the next slide. Reuben couldn't, couldn't come to terms with the fact that there were... There were, there were truths that he had been presented that, that, couldn't, that couldn't rationalize. They couldn't, they couldn't add up with each other. And I see the thing that I, I really struggle with, with within Job is that if you think back to the video we watched and you've got the two things that you know to be true and there are three boxes, they go across, left to right. And so on one, Job is saying, I'm innocent. Suffering must be divine. On the other side... It was that God, God acts justly and that God follows that justice through in the way that he, he loves the world. And those, 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 those things are true. And yet when you get to the end, at the end of each of those boxes, it was like, well, on one side, Job is faced by, but if I'm innocent and I've not done anything wrong, I've been good, I've served you well, then God can't act justly because that's not justice. On the other side, 
where the doubt came in, he's like, but if God is just, and I know that to be true, and if he does manage his world, and he loves his world, then have I sinned? What have I done wrong? Now, Reuben didn't doubt himself. Reuben was confident that it was, it was me. <laughs> but the, the two in the, the, the first half of the book, the two were very hard to rationalize. When we bring our logic in, you said scientific mind earlier, I think of it as a logical mind. We look to rationalize, we look to find the logic in things. And in fairness, Job, Job was justified in questioning, right? Like Job had suffered. Like we all face suffering. He's not unique. Reuben's not unique in his mini-suffering. But Job had lost his children. He'd lost his livestock. He'd lost his servants. He'd lost his health. And there was discord in his marriage. Job was justified in having doubt. Whether he fell on one side in doubting his Lord and Savior, or whether he fell on the other and he doubted himself. And yet he didn't. He still turned to God in prayer. He still kept going back to God in prayer. I'm going to talk a little bit about a man called Horatio Spafford, which I think is a great name. Is anyone familiar with Horatio? <laughs> Nisha's, Nisha's done his homework. Um, Horatio Spafford was a, a hymnist. He wrote hymn songs. Um, he was a good Christian man. He was, as Job was, wealthy. He was similar to Job. He had children. Um, Horatio Spafford wrote the, the song that we know and we, we have sung here, It Is Well With My Soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Horatio Spafford had five children. He was a man, a successful businessman from Chicago, and he had gone through great suffering. He, he lost his son, his only son. Son and heir died, and he lost a great deal of his wealth in the great fire of Chicago. His family were devastated. They didn't know what they were going to do, and they made a decision that the right thing for them to do was to go to Europe. They booked passage and they booked a ferry so that they could go from the US to travel across to Europe. This is in the days, I'm not a historian. I think the Great Fire of Chicago was 1671? Huh? 1871. 1871. 1618, it all blends into the same. It was before the time of planes. The only way of crossing the Atlantic was to go by boat. Something changed, and there was basically there was a complication, and Horatio could not go with his wife and daughters. So his wife and daughters went ahead of him. He was expecting telegram, and he received telegram to hear of how the journey had gone. And the telegram simply said, the telegram simply said, saved alone. The ship that his family had been sailing on had collided with another vessel in the ocean at night. And the ship had gone down rapidly. 
and the only member of his family that had survived was his wife. This is the man that wrote It Is Well With My Soul. He not only wrote it, but when he did complete his journey, when he followed through to go and to go meet up with his wife, having lost five children, he crossed the point that was the, the more or less approximate point as to when, where the actual vessel went down, where he lost his daughters. And they paused, they, they, whether it was a physical pause or an actual, just a, he took a moment. But that is where he came, where God blessed him with the lyrics of, it is well with my soul. In the same way, I can't, I can't understand how Job could carry on through all the suffering and still love his Lord. I struggle to understand how you could lose your wealth, your livelihood, your five children. And yet the Lord blesses you and the Lord calls to you and welcomes you so that you can, you can pen a beautiful song like that. that you're still unfaltered. Um, I struggle with logic. I am a logical mind. Um, if we go to the next slide, I was really, um, I was really blessed end of last year. Um, my father-in-law completed his 70th year, uh, and so we took him as a celebration to go out the Shard. It was wonderful. It was, um, it was a lovely, lovely day. You get a great view. I was going to insert a video here. Um, if you have not been up to the Shard and you get the opportunity, may I compel you, go to the bathroom. <laughs> you heard right. Even if you do not... Yeah, not now. I mean, you can if you like. We've only got a couple, so don't go at once. But um, even if you don't need the bathroom, go to the bathroom. The bathroom, as I discovered when I was encouraged to go to the bathroom... Um, you'll, it's at this point you're glad, I'm glad you didn't show this video. That was a bit oversharey. Uh, the bathroom is, is glass-sided, completely glass-sided. You look straight out. And I was thinking about this when it went through the passage of when, when God, gives, God gives this virtual tour of the world. Imagine that. A virtual tour of the world by the creator of the world. Just amazing. Absolutely amazing. And God said, God said in that time, he said, how can you expect to understand this? Your perspective is from one, is from one point. You are one person. How can you expect to understand all of the things I've created, the sunrises and the sunsets, all of the animals that I've created on the earth? And I reflected on it, and if, you, if you've not been up the Shard, the bottom of the Shard, you basically you go in from like an underground station, right? It's like a tube station, pretty much. And I can remember it to this point because my father-in-law's a bit smarter than I. He's done well for himself. He does things like go up the Shard, but I don't go up the Shard very often. <laughs> and I remember noting and seeing that at the bottom, as you go, just as you go in the entrance, there was, I mean, there's a smell of ammonia. It's not, not unique in tube stations, right? Someone's relieved themselves. They should have gone to the top, gone to the middle. There was a smell down there. I still see a, uh, there was a, a, a gentleman sleeping with a yellow sleeping bag, bags to the side. 
There was a whole swathe of people going about their daily business, not looking at each other. Quite often in the way that we are when we're in tube stations, we're not loving each other, we're not showing God's love, we're just getting through those barriers. Let me on my tube. Can't wait two more minutes. And then just the, the, the thing that I kind of I reflected on with this was that that's our perspective. We're on the ground. We have our one point on this earth where we can see things from. And some of the time it does look pretty bleak where we are. Some of the time it looks pretty hard. But if we go with God, if we let God take us up to his perspective, his 56th floor perspective, that's a shard reference, not a biblical reference, and you're not going to find that anywhere. You can see all of the wonder that he created. We're not expected to understand. We're just expected to trust and turn to him in prayer. So I've got some words. I'm a more of a visual guy than a words guy. Um, but so there's three things. When we turn to God in suffering that we're not going to get. And this is kind of what I felt I needed to take away. If I couldn't get you any answers, I was like, this is what you can get and this is what you can't get. So you need to know that turning to, turning to God when you're going through suffering is not going to eliminate the pain. It's not going to take it away. In Job, he said that he was nearly crushed. This is Job 1.20, if you want to look at it. He fell to the ground when he heard that his children had died. It goes on in 2.7. It says that so much was his pain that he tried to, to cure himself with broken pottery. That's a pain. It's a heck of a pain. It's not going to go away. It won't stop the questions. The questions are going to keep coming. God wants us to question. God wants us to explore. God wants us to turn to his word, to turn to him, to pray and understand. And finally, if you were looking for logic, we're not going to find it. Because the logic of man, the logic of one person, the logic of even the best of people, we can't equate to that of his all-consuming, all-knowing being. So what can we get? Tell me, Matt, give me some hope, because there is a lot of hope. It will remind you that God is in control. When Job was suffering, when Job was struggling, what did God do? He took him on a tour de force. Look at what I can do. I love you. I know you. I'm for you. Back to the beginning. If God is for us, who can be against us? And let's not pull any punches. Satan was against Job. Don't enjoy saying that word, but I think it's appropriate. He was against Job, but God was for him. And no one can compare. It's easy to sing. It's easy to sing and rejoice when things are good. But if we turn to God in worship and celebration and we come close to him, it is his treasured possession. God loves it when we turn to him when it is hard. And the thing that it does more than anything is that it brings us closer to God. We learn to know him. We learn to love him.
I was going to share a song with you at this point, but I'm not going to because I'm massively over time. And I don't think you will find it as funny as I would. Um, but I'm going to bring you back to my parenting roots. Um, on the next slide, I, uh, I don't go to the cinema very often. If I get the opportunity to, to have an evening, I tend to like to sleep. I'm that rock and roll. Um, but we recently went to the cinema to see Lego Movie 2. Any fans of the Lego Movie series? Oh, wow, we've got a tough crowd. I'm glad I didn't play the song then. Crumbs. Um, those of you that have seen the first one, do you, do you know the popular song all together now? Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. It's lovely. Like, it, I genuinely really enjoyed it. But the fact is, Everything's not awesome. I mean, everything is not awesome. There is suffering. There is hardship. There are things that I would like to be different. It's not very realistic. Now, I don't know if any of the producers in Lego Movie 2 are Christian. I could have done that research. Should have put more effort in. Apologies. However, the second, the second film follows a song, similar version, takes it down an octave, probably in a minor key, not a musician, but probably in a minor key, and the song is Everything Is Not Awesome. And it basically goes, everything's not awesome. Oh, I did write the lyrics down, bear with me. Everything's not awesome, but that doesn't mean that it's hopeless and bleak. Everything's not awesome, but we'll get through it if we stick together. And that's just a cheesy song if it's coming from a little Lego minifigure. But if that's coming from God, if that's a word from God, and he says, yeah, everything's not awesome, but we, you and me, your father, my child, we'll get through that if we stick together. We'll get through that together. God probably wouldn't have said brick by brick. Uh, it probably doesn't continue on after that point, but that's the case. Um, I'm just going to close um, by just sharing a story about a woman that I was fortunate enough to meet two years ago, um, Lonez. This is Lonez with one of her, her children. Um, I, as I say, I, I work for a Christian relief organization, and one of the, the both Blessings and hard things in my work is that I sometimes travel to places where we see great suffering. Um, and on this particular occasion, I was helping and supporting with the response to Hurricane Matthew. It was a hurricane that hit um, Haiti uh, back in 2016. Uh, it got more press coverage for the damage it did to Florida, um, but it did great devastation across Haiti. Um, Lonez was one of the beneficiaries of, of aid that was provided by the charity I worked for, and I had the, the huge blessing to be able to interview her and talk to her. During the hurricane, unfortunately named Matthew, <laughs> during Hurricane Matthew of October 2016, um, Lonez lost her house. She lost the house that she went from to her house to the next house. She lost a third house that she went from to the next house. She saw destruction everywhere. She saw suffering everywhere. 
Lonis is already a widow. She lost her husband. During the hurricane, she lost her livestock. Now, she's not rich. She's not wealthy like Job. She had, I want to say, two cattle and five goats. Single-figure animals. She didn't have herds like Job. She wasn't a huge landowner. But either way, she lost all of it. It broke my heart hearing what she went through and many others that I, I spoke with and that I met with. But the thing that I found amazing was that despite all of it, she still thanked God. She said she thanked God that she was alive. She thanked God that she had the opportunity to rebuild. Not once did she complain about the suffering. Not once did she say, why me? She'd have been right to. She'd have been justified to. But she was still turning to her Lord and Savior and thanking him for what he gave her. And so to close, I haven't got any answers. We are going to encounter suffering. It is going to hurt. But if we turn to God, if we turn to our Father, if we seek His understanding, not our understanding, then we will get through it together. Let's just close in a word of prayer. For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit www.saintsaviorsunbury.org.uk.